to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. Today on Dinner Party, we have Scott Gold. He's a proud papa. He's also a TV critic for bookandfilmglobe.com. He's a food writer and absolutely loves Jazz Fest. So I asked Scott to join us on the show today so we could talk all things Jazz Fest food. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, Amy. Well, I, you know, you gave me your your bio, and then I, I Googled again, and I said, oh, my gosh, he has his own website called The Scott Gold. Oh, yes, thescottgold.com, <laughs> because scottgold.com was taken in, like, the mid, like, when I first started looking into a website in, like, the mid to late 90s, some woman whose last name was Scott and made jewelry, took scottgold.com. And I think she's had it ever since. And there are a lot of other Scott Golds out there, but, uh, you know, I'm the OG. I'm the original. All others are imposters. I won't accept any other way, whether you're Scott Gold, the plant pathologist at the University of Georgia, or Scott Gold, the otolaryngologist in New York, or most confusingly, Scott Gold, the journalist for the um, LA Times, which... Um, uh, that that has caused a fair bit of confusion with uh, with uh, editors I've been speaking to. They're like, "Wait, I thought you t- wrote for the L- Los Angeles." No, nope. Diff- L.A. Not L.A. But I, but LA. but you do have all of that Scott Gold's awards when they accidentally mailed them to you, right? And they're hanging up on the walls in your office. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, you should see my IMDb credits. I got a lot. Scott Gold has done a lot of producing, <laughs> apparently. Maybe I did it in my sleep. I don't know. Well, let's talk a little bit about food. And, you know, with Jazz Fest coming up and we have two weeks of food happening. We just came off of French Quarter Fest. New Orleans is the food town. And now we're finally back in the swing of things. And there are some people who are a little bit out of practice on how to attack a food festival. What do you think about that? I get it, you know, uh, because I'm one of them. COVID, like, lockdown totally took me out of, like, practice of, you know, going to festivals and, like, managing the strategy because you can't eat everything you want to eat all at once. Like, it it takes a very adult, very uh, considered approach to strategize how you're going to eat all the things that are delicious and you're really looking forward to and not dying, <laughs> especially, at, you know, in my age, you know, I, you know, when I was a teenager, I could go to jazz fest and eat everything and just be fine. But, you know, now that I'm in my forties, like it doesn't work that way so much anymore. So I have to be a little bit more considerate. Now that doesn't mean I'm not going to get all the stuff that I want. Like that's gonna happen. But, uh, you know, it just takes a little bit more consideration and a little bit more strategy. And, you know, that strategy is key. And this past week, we had Fleet Week, French Quarter Fest, uh, Zurich Classic, all filled with food. And I was talking to some of the uh, admirals that were out at Fleet Week, and I said, did you eat everything you could for the last two weeks to stretch your stomach? And one of the guys goes, 
no, I, I hadn't considered that. I didn't eat breakfast this morning so I could eat more today. And I started Rookie thinking, mistake, well, man. Yeah, exactly. Strategy, because you're going to fill up faster, right? If you don't have your stomach ready to eat. Yeah, that's why professional um, uh, like championship eaters, uh, I don't know what you call them, the ones that like eat like, uh, you know, like Joey Chestnut and the, the hot dog contest at Coney Island and Sony the Black Widow, like all those professional contest eaters, like they spend weeks like eating cabbage, just like lots and lots of cabbage to stretch out their stomach. Uh, I can't even imagine what eating that much cabbage would do to me. I think my my wife would probably hate me. Um, but uh, but yeah, like like getting like you have to. It's it's almost like a professional athlete. Like you can't just go into Jazz Fest having like been on a vegan like no carb diet for like a month and like expect to like not be absolutely murdered by food. Like that's not gonna happen. No, and you. You know, you, and you train, have to have man. the mindset. You're training the mindset. You're you're not counting calories. You're not caring about if it's deep fried or covered in butter. You're you have to go in a hundred percent committed to the goal of eating everything you can. Correct? Absolutely. You have to you have to be in it to win it. And honestly, I would be d- disappointed if it was not deep fried and covered in butter. Well, and and we don't want no raw vegetables. Save that for your day four or your visit to New Orleans. Maybe somebody will give you a salad. But until then, I'm voting for the heavy cream, the butter, the ham, the bacon, and the cheese-covered vegetable. If anything is green and it's just, like, garnish, like, it's just right out the window, you know? Like, I don't want a nice little salad at Jazz Fest. Like, no, that's not how it happens, man. I want all of the fried, creamy, cheesy, delicious, fatty awesomeness. For those people that are just getting back into the swing of things and they realize maybe they were out of practice at French Quarter Fest and they they made those rookie mistakes, you know, how, what's the first step when you get those Jazz Fest tickets in hand? What is the first thing that everyone should be doing to prepare for all these food booths? The very first thing you should do is do the same thing people do with their Jazz Fest squares, which is to get the entire lineup either printed out. I like to have it on paper and I have it, I have it printed out and highlight circle, like just start making your priority list. Okay. These are the things I absolutely cannot miss. These are the things that I would really love to get. These are the things that would be good to get. And these are the things that I have no interest in whatsoever. (laughs) So I'm imagining as the days are approaching, you already have your list of those top things. What's what are what are like your must haves? Um, So, you know, sometimes it changes because sometimes, uh, you know, occasionally there are new vendors and they're like, oh, my God, that looks good. And they, you know, they definitely creep up on the list. But. The number one thing I must do upon entering the fairgrounds every time I go to Jazz Fest before I do anything else is make a beeline to Patton's Caterers and get the combo plate, which is the crawfish beignet, the oyster patty, and the crawfish sack. That, those three items 
comprise one plate, which is the single best plate of food at Jazz Fest and has been since I've been going to Jazz Fest, since I was a teenager. Um, and, and those fighting words, man. Absolutely. I, I will <laughs> I will die on this hill, Amy. I'm telling you, that is hands down. And my wife feels the same way. You know, it's one of the reasons we're married. Like we see eye to eye on all the food stuff. And another great reason for New Orleans that or for New Orleanians to marry other New Orleanians, but why New Orleanians marry other New Orleanians is because we had the same ideas about food. And sometimes, you know, your spouse might even have like better ideas than you. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. Why didn't I think of that? I'm so glad I married you. But Patton's is so great. Okay. Uh, slightly biased. They did cater my bar mitzvah when I was 13. Like we got history. <laughs> we go back. But did they but give you the side, combo plate at the party though? Or is it only for jazz? You know, that, uh, when I was 13, I didn't even know. I think we had like hamburgers and pizza for the kids, but the parents got all of the good stuff, you know, and all of my relatives to this day uh, you know, are like, oh, my God, the food at your bar mitzvah was so great. It's like I had hamburger and pizza and stuff. I was 13. I didn't care. <laughs> I, didn't, I, mean, I, I cared about food then, but certainly not in the way that I, I would a few years later. But um, but yeah, so patents, it's just uh it's just a trio of miracles. It's such a wonderful thing. And I actually wrote an article uh, for The Advocate when I was writing uh, food features for them and a little bit for Nola V about patents. And I went out to their, uh, they have a big plantation house out in Chalmette and around Jazz Fest and the Zurich. Um, and they do both. They have, they turn it into this giant operation where they have people like on every floor, like doing like one bit it's like a it's like a factory inside of this old class you know uh historic plantation house like making all of the hand making all of these different items um like attention to detail is key everything's like done really well by hand and it's just you can and you can taste it when you go to jazz fest uh it's just you know, and there are things that you can't get anywhere else at any other time of year, which is another reason why it's like, you know, I see people getting, you know, oyster, like raw oysters and boiled crawfish. And that is always like a no-no for me because I can get boiled like, and I do. And I love both of those things. Raw oysters on a half shell is like desert island, you know, meal for, or death row meal for me. Like, you know, I love them so much, but I don't want them at Jazz Fest, right? No, you want the things that you can't have. And one year I took my entire staff to Jazz Fest. I said, like, I, I surprised everybody. And I said, instead of going to work today, we are all going to Jazz Fest. We're going to watch some cooking demos. And then everyone's going to get so many dollars. And because no one had prepared and printed out the food cubes, this is a highly complex situation to pull out. But I said, okay, everyone, here's your dollars. Run, find good food and bring it back to this point with as many spoons and forks as you can find. And then we're gonna see who picked some of the best things. And, you know, Sometimes we stand in these big, long lines and and we're like, I have to have this. But then there's a line that maybe is shorter. And sometimes that's an undiscovered gem. And 
what I thought was really funny was that my staff, no one remembered where they got what they got or what it was because it was such a <laughs> scramble to get back. So it was, we had, it was on like one of those barrels and we had everything we could like on this barrel and then we just chowed down. But I, you know, there's something about that moment of jazz fest of knowing that you can be that crazy that greedy eat all that stuff and it's just a regular day <laughs> i wouldn't call it a regular day i'd call it a very special day um i'm certainly not behaving with that um with that kind of cavalier attitude towards food on any other day but jazz fest all bets are off all stops are pulled like we're doing this like you said fully committed um but yet, like your strategy with your friends reminds me of something that I got to experience. So for years, and I didn't know this until uh, I was an adult, one of the things that my mom did with her friends, um, and I just thought she was just doing this with her friends, but it turns out she was part of this crew that would go with Judy Walker and Sharon Litwin of the Times-Picayune, and they were the official tasting crew. And it was a, it was a group the, of like 10 to 15. official friends. Right. Because you need, like, you need a team. Like, there's no way one or two people can do this. And what the goal was, was on the first day of Jazz Fest, that first uh, Thursday, right? Um, or is it Friday? What's the... Is there, it the Thursday? Is it, it's Thursday, Thursday, right? Yeah. Sorry, I got confused for, for a hot second there. COVID brain. Um, there was a time, I think it started on Friday, but I think they're running out of space. We got it. It's going to be two weeks long one day. You know, I wouldn't argue against it. But uh, so so their job was to taste everything at Jazz Fest, pick their best bets on the first day so they could have it in the paper the next morning. Um, and that is quite a task. But they had it. They've been doing it for so many years that they really had it down to like such a wonderful, like streamlined process. And it was uh, for some reason, it was all women. It was this group of you know, uh, you know, moms and grandmas and it would just go and everybody would have a job. It's like, okay, you get these five things, you get these five things, you get these five things. Uh, I think my mom would like count the money or like take, make sure everybody was you know, taken care of. And, you know, someone would write down everything that they had and then everybody would fan out, go grab everything, bring it back. And then everybody would taste everything. And then once that round was over, you would compare notes. Uh, I got to experience that once when I first when I uh, first started writing about food in uh, 2006, uh, and uh, I I asked my mom uh, if she would if you know she would ask if I could you know come along and like write about the process and man it was a marathon it just it was just all I didn't I don't know if I saw any music that day it was just all food all day long and even if you take a bite one bite of everything at jazz fest it adds up which is really a reason why you shouldn't eat everything at jazz fest like there's no reason i mean i can't even imagine how much it would how many thousands of dollars it would cost to buy everything you would have to eat everything at jazz fest but it's it's really um uh it really reinforces the fact that you should strategize and you know definitely you know pick and choose and try to be as wise as possible about it um because there's no worse feeling in the world than jazz fest being over and 
a friend comes to you, you're like, oh, did you enjoy Jasper's? Yeah, Jasper's so great. Did you eat this thing, this new thing? And you're like, no, I missed that. And it's like, oh my God, I have to wait a year to try this thing. <laughs> so you well, don't want to live with that regret. No, you can't live. There are no regrets that are allowed. Um, and, you know, when we're talking about strategizing and printing out the cubes and you can't eat everything at Jazz Fest, it's four pages. It's four pages of food. And uh, I, I have like my favorites. And one of the things that everyone, it's actually the first one on the list on the page when you go to Jazz Fest food. And that's the crawfish bread and the shrimp bread and the sausage bread from John Ed Laborde over at Panorama Foods in Marksville. Oh. And I guess it was a couple of years ago, I had a chance to go film with him in the studio. And it turns out that the house I was staying in, in Marksville, was actually the house where he had been at dinner with some friends when he developed the recipe. And I thought, oh, this is meant to be, I'm gonna make crawfish bread with John Ed Laborde. So he invites me in his kitchen and he, you know, he pretty much has 18 wheelers of this bread that he brings down for Jazz Fest, right? And so he's like, Amy, I'm gonna let you help me make the crawfish bread. And there's cameras and audio and all these people around us. And I'm making the crawfish bread with him and I put it in the oven. And he looks at me and he said, why is there a bowl of crawfish sitting at your station? And I looked at him. You didn't put enough crawfish in. I didn't put any crawfish in the bread. <gasps> Oh and my thought, God. How did the producer and the camera guy and all these people, nobody told me that I got so distracted talking and interviewing and rolling dough that the most important ingredient didn't go in. And he. So you just made a grilled so cheese. Basically. Many, we had so many in the oven. It was like, which one is Amy's tray? Oh my gosh, I never heard the end of it from a staff because they just started laughing and they said, every one of us has made this mistake, but we have only made it once. <laughs> I bet. Crawfishless crawfish bread. That sounds like uh sounds like my personal hell, you know? It's like, oh, we have crawfish bread, but just you know, no crawfish. Could you imagine you know, if you you're missing the best part? It's terrible. But another thing that I am a sucker for at any festival is if there is a person there from Gonzales, Louisiana making jambalaya, because mm -hmm. there is a huge difference between that brown jambalaya and red jambalaya. And even when people put Cajun on their jambalaya, if I see a tomato in it as a girl who was raised in Ascension Parish, <laughs> born in mm -hmm. New Orleans, raised in Ascension Parish, um, there is a very distinct difference in what our jambalaya is like. And I saw there's a, a gentleman from Gonzales that is going to be serving Gonzales jambalaya at Jazz Fest. And I'm like, I need that. I need that in my life. Oh, yeah. And the same, I think, applies for me for, for gumbo. Like one of the things that I love, like speaking of like real Cajun food as opposed to Creole food, one of the things I love at Jazz Fest that you can't get any other time of the year, and even at the restaurant, is Prejean's smoked quail, duck, and andouille gumbo. Um, and it's uh, 
it's always so great. It's like got the darkest roux of any gumbo. And I've, I have the recipe. I, I try to make it myself. I smoke ducks in my backyard. I competed in the gumbo cook-off in New York city doing, using that recipe, just a smoked duck and undoing. I didn't have any quails, but, uh, but it's, it's so good. And, uh, and that's something that I like, I definitely have to try because it is unlike most other, almost any other gumbo that you're going to have in New Orleans. Well, whenever you're getting that gumbo and it has the quail in it, does it have the quail with the little bitty bones and you're eating with your hands and you're really getting after it or is the meat falling off the bone in that one? I don't think there are any bones. I think it's just quail meat. Oh, that's it. I don't don't remember any bones in the gumbo. Because there's a lot of food at Jazz Fest that you have to connect with your hands, right? You're peeling oh, crawfish, you're, you're you know, eating the sandwiches. To you as a, a fester and a diner, what what is it about that like, connecting and touching of your food that makes it sometimes even better? Oh, it's a very primal tactile thing. It gets down to our very most, most basic ingrained evolutionary animal instincts like there's nothing like eating with your hands like i always feel you know especially like when i'm eating like uh you know like okay so at jazz fest they have the big uh like is it like the turkey wings or the turkey legs i don't know yeah so like that you have this giant turkey legs like renaissance bear kind of stuff like i feel like so like right out of Beowulf, you know, like I'm in a old, like I'm, I'm in a mead hall in this epic poem and I'm eating this giant leg of an animal. And I just feel so carnivorous and primal. Like there's something so basic and elemental and human and animalistic about that experience um, that you don't get when you're, you know, just daintily using a knife and fork. Like reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where uh, Elaine's boss was eating the eating the candy bar with a knife and fork. It's it's, it's not the same experience, right? There's some things like I I you know you can drink gumbo, I guess, but it's really not like the same. You're gonna want to use a spoon, but um, for certain things, you definitely want to get in there with your hands. Like if you're cutting a po' boy with a fork and knife, you're definitely doing it wrong. Uh, the soft shell crab. Speak since we're speaking of animalistic things. The soft shell crab po' boy is something that's always way high on my list. I don't know what it is, but there's something really glorious about an entire animal just deep fried and thrown into some nice pillowy French bread. And that's that's what you get. Uh, I like a lot of pickles, hot sauce. Gotta have the mayonnaise in there. Like, uh, you know, you can't have a like a dry fried you can't have a dry like, You definitely, definitely need some lubrication. Uh, you know, it just eases the passing of the soft shell down the gullet, I feel. And, and also mayonnaise is delicious. So, and it complements the, the fried nature of the food. It's really essential when you're having a fried po' boy, but I love that soft shell. And I just, I get in there with both hands and it just goes, it goes right into my head, man. I love it. I love it. Um, years ago, gosh, it had to have been about maybe 12, 15 years ago, I was at Jazz Fest and yeah, I think I was there. It had to have been like the one after Katrina. And I uh, I was there and getting food. And this man opens his backpack and he had, he, I hear like this. And then I hear again. And I'm like, what is he doing? He had collapsible Tupperware. 
And I stopped and I was like, you are like my idol. I want to be you when I grow up. This is brilliant. It all packed flat in his backpack. And then he would like, like shake it. And then it opened up into a giant bowl and he would go to the booth and he said, however much it costs to fill this up. And he was going round and round. And I thought, how did I never think to bring my own to-go containers? This this is a life-changing, pivotal moment for me. And so now I fill my backpack up with empty to-go containers and aluminum foil. And there's sometimes after a long day at Jazz Fest when you're tired and you're you just want to shower and you want to sit on your sofa in your jammies after it's all over, but you still want the food, you can have it. And to know that that is also an option really makes me happy. <laughs> that's some that's some next level stuff. Like I kind of feel, uh, you know, my, my personal philosophy is that uh, kind of like food wise what goes on at the fair like what goes on at fest stays at the fest like like i'm in it like i'm gonna go to jazz fest and what happens there like i'm gonna get down like we're gonna turn a blind eye to anything that might happen and anything that might be going into my body uh but when i leave like that's it like i'm not gonna take jazz fest with me and it kind of kind of lends uh, a carpe diem aspect to to the festival and that it's like okay we're going to jazz fest like we're gonna get this done we got the day like let's make it happen like because for for me uh i don't know if you you know share the same feelings like it's another level of strategizing you'll have to do wondering like what items are going to keep okay and which items are just not going to be that great if they're not like hot and fresh it's my it's my last thing before i leave we split up we take our containers and you know just like if you wanted to order from Commander's Palace during COVID and get takeout, it's not quite the same, but it's still better than not having it, right? It's still, yeah, so that's, I, so I, we I can't can argue with that. agree to disagree that you have to keep Jazz Fest at Jazz Fest. I believe that if you can find a way around the rules a little, that that is okay too. And I think it's a good thing to keep, you know, to bear in the back of my mind now that we talk about it, that uh, you know if you have someone who can't for whatever reason make it out to the to the fest you can bring them something and they're going to be happy my friend leslie when i was living in new york city uh you know she's from south louisiana and she uh she i was working in a restaurant at the bar of a restaurant in brooklyn and she came in one day and brought me a quarter muffalata from central grocery and i was just like you were like the best friend in the entire world like you would go all the way to New Orleans and bring me back a muffalata from Central Grocery. Like, what a wonderful friend. And I feel like if we can do that for our friends at Jazz Fest who for some reason can't make it, you bring them something that, you know, will still be pretty good and keep all right. Um, you know, you're going to win some serious points for that. Well, I don't know if you heard that beeping. I, for some reason, my phone is telling me what to do today. And my phone is telling me, Amy, you have to stop talking to Scott about food because you're going to be doing this for the next like three days because y'all are so excited about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to get you on. Maybe we're going to just start doing festival strategizing every every so often. But uh, we're 
all out of time, but I want you to tell our listeners where they can find you and where they can find out more about you. Um, you can find all about me at my website, thescottgold.com. I uh, got a whole bunch of links there. I've written a lot about uh, New Orleans for Thrillist.com currently. You can find me writing for bookandfilmglobe.com if you like stuff like Marvel and Star Wars and science fiction and stuff like that. I've been doing a lot of fun stuff about that. Uh, and also uh, shout out to nolav.com. They've carried a lot of my uh, writing, especially about food and my Food Porn Fridays column ran for a long time. Uh, you can check it out there. Awesome. For my listeners out there, you've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao. Ciao.